live from New York, it's The Gary Knoll Show. And now, your host, Gary Knoll. I'm Gary Knoll. Nice to have you with us today. We're going to talk about how diet, yes, diet, can actually exceed any of the drugs that are currently in existence for slowing down and even reversing the aging process. It's also good for metabolic health. University College London, that's just one of many studies I'm going to get to. And then we're going to talk about other things that can help us live a longer and healthier life. I'm also going to take a look today at a recent statement just yesterday about how the second person in all of world history to actually reverse the HIV virus, brand new news headlines in the medical journal. But it's not true. And we're going to show you a clip today, an extended clip of what is one of the biggest cover-ups in medical history, if not the most important cover-up, at least during the 1980s, 90s, until today, that there have been successful treatments reversing HIV completely in very sick people with advanced AIDS conditions. So you're going to see that today. Please share that. Also, uh, I'm going to have a person who works in a hospital, very pro-vaccine, all of her children are vaccinated, but she began to see something unusual, something that didn't make sense, conditions that they had never seen in their hospital in the numbers they were seeing them. So she began to pay attention. And over a period of months, everyone in the hospital, the medical doctors, the nurses, the supporting staff, all saw the same thing. It's what happened when she tried to bring this to the attention of the hospital officials that is important for us to understand in light of the fact that we've never been told by the mainstream media how serious the side effects of the vaccines are. Whether you're pro or anti-vaccine is not the issue. It is, this is an experimental vaccine. This study must go on for at least another three years before we actually know the long-term health outcomes, both the safety and efficacy. So this is an important story. It's not long. It's only about seven minutes, but we need to hear it. And we'll be hearing other things today as well. So we begin with the latest on health and healing. A study comparing the impact of diet versus drugs on the inner workings of cells has found nutrition has a much stronger impact. The preclinical study by the University of Sydney's Charles Perkins Center suggests the makeup of our diet could be more important than drugs in keeping conditions like diabetes and stroke and heart disease at bay. It was conducted in mice. The researchers showed nutrition, including overall calories and macronutrients, meaning vitamins and minerals, had a greater impact on aging and metabolic health than the three drugs commonly used to treat diabetes and slow the aging process. Now, that's so important. And why? Because as a scientist specializing in anti-aging medicine and senior research fellow for 33 years and director of the anti-aging division at the Institute of Applied Biology, I'm a frontline scientist, 
but I'm also a clinician. I was there doing clinical studies, the first of their kind. For example, I was the first scientist in the United States, though I didn't get the credit. A man, Dr. Roy Warford, a great scientist at UCLA, actually got the credit. Why? Because seven years before he showed that caloric restriction increased the lifespan of mice by modified fasting, I was doing that, but even at a greater survival rate of over 28% longer lives. And also I did other studies like instead of giving them water, I would give them juice. Well, 97% of juice is water. But by giving them healthy juices every day, made fresh every day to over a thousand mice, they were able to live a longer life with everything else being equal, then giving them an, an environment that was enriching and uh, a, an environment that allowed them to explore. I took them out of all the cages. I didn't believe in cages. I didn't believe in, in any of the vivisection, any of the harm done to animals. To the contrary, I would take mice from downstairs that were being used in chemotherapy and radiation experiments and bring them upstairs. And first I had to heal them of their radiation burns, for example. And uh, they would burn them on their back, measure it, photograph it, and then put a piece of like aluminum foil and tape it on the mouse's back. And then they would give them different medications. Over a period of time, they would see, was it working or was it not working? And most of the cases, it didn't work. So they'd put those mice and X on their card. In the morning, the people would come in and take the mice, put them into a big tub, pull out the air, and kill them. And I was always against that. And I let my feelings be known to the people doing it and to the, the senior directors because I felt it was completely counterproductive and not necessary. And it's true. We kill millions of these wonderful animals like monkeys, macaque monkeys, and beagle dogs. There's the beagles having their faces eaten by parasites uh, because of Anthony Fauci's funding. And that's just a disgrace. In any case, I would take them upstairs. Then using all forms of protocols, different salves that I would make out of uh, herbs, healing herbs, anti-inflammatory herbs, I would make salves and put the salves on. And then I would give them nutrients inside that would turn off the inflammation. And over a period of months, I was able to heal most of those wounds. And then I put them into a longevity study. So then when I went to make a report, and there were 16 different department heads around the table once a month where you'd tell everyone what you were doing. And I never will forget it when I said that I just wanted to show the power of a modified fast, meaning restrict calories, calories to what they actually needed on a daily basis. But that was restricting by about 12% percent. And as a result, they didn't become obese. They weren't cannibalistic. They didn't chew off their tails. A lot of things you normally see in uh, these rat populations when they're in laboratory settings. So one of the people said, well, okay, uh, you've never heard of this, but where'd you get your mice? Because I'm the one who authorizes all the mice. I, I didn't authorize any rats for you. And I said, no, I didn't order rats. I took the rats from downstairs that had an X every night, and I took those upstairs. And they just, they were dumbfounded. They said, well, that can't be true. I said, well, it is true. They said, and then the director interceded, and he said, 
just so we're clear, you took rats that had radiation burns and were suffering from radiation poisoning, and you took them upstairs, and through whatever you do, you healed them of that on the, the, the back of their skin, and then put them in a study on longevity, and they live longer. Says, yes, that's exactly what I did. He said, we can't believe that. And he said, this is the first time in the Institute's history that something like this has occurred. So what did they do? I said, okay. I said, look, look around the table. I shouldn't have said this. It, it was inappropriate. They should never have let me out of West Virginia, but they did. And I said, I said, ladies and gentlemen, I said, you're all some of the brightest minds in your field. Um, and I respect you for all the efforts you make and the work you do, but my work is different. I work at a completely different level of understanding the cause of disease, the pathogenesis of these conditions, and I'm into prevention and you're into treatments. So everything you're doing is based upon finding the drug that's going to make you a Nobel Prize winner and lots of money and get the Institute a lot more pharmaceutical dollars. I said, what I'm doing, you can't patent. Well, they didn't like that at all. Mind you, they all smoked, they were overweight, they drank, average people. So for the next 12 months, they replicated my study, but this time with a monitor. They put a monitor, uh, which they had never done, they put cameras upstairs, and so they could see what I was doing. I'm almost in the director's office, but anybody, there was one in the lab. But they also had a person come upstairs, and uh, her name was Elena, and she was uh, one of the brightest scientists at the Institute. She was genius level. And so every day she would see what I did methodically, weighing of each of the rats, and then, um, and then there was no cage they would be in. And uh, so it was, she said, well, don't you number all of them? I said, no. No, they have this whole environment. It's, uh, it's the enrichment environment that helps both animals and humans live a longer and healthier life. It's a very important part of the immune system, and indeed it is. Just imagine what the lockdown has done for people's mental state, especially younger, vulnerable people who need to be outside. Young children need to play. They need to wrestle and romp and yell and scream and do all the things children need to do. It's part of the growing process and socializing process is completely different when you're doing it in an abstraction, uh, almost almost detached from the reality of being with a person than just seeing them. In any case, we have the highest amount of suicide and depression and anxiety and loneliness in, in American's history. So, put them together. Let people interrelate. And I did the same thing. Animals are no different. Um, I once had a depressed camel, young camel, was a rescue. His mother had died. And uh, so I had to give it the bottle every day. But the other animals just weren't hanging with it. And it was very depressed. And it would just stay on the ground, but not sleeping, just like it had given up. So I got a little tiny goat. I mean, this goat, if you're video streaming watching this, this goat was this big. It was a miniature, miniature goat. All right. And they're just wonderful and filled with energy. So I introduced the little miniature female goat to this little camel. Well, immediately, 
uh, the goat became friends, and then the camel. Uh, the camel was inseparable. Everywhere the goat went, there was the camel. When they'd one eat, the other would eat. They'd play and run around the pasture, and then the the camel would lay down, take a nap, and the goat would go right up on its neck, climb up on its belly, and <laughs> slept there. Inseparable. Uh, and that's just one of the aspects of loneliness, the detachment from the human bond. Well, rats are no different, and that's why I let them run free. I was never bitten, not once, in 33 years. It freaked a lot of people out. In fact, it, I had to put a glass wall down the whole length, and I had some chairs there and couches so people could come in who wanted to watch my experiments at night when I did most of these things. And, and they would see all these rats all over me, and uh, they thought it was kind of weird. It wasn't. It's just a different way of bonding. In any case, at the end of the study, when it was complete, not I, but the Elena, Dr. Elena, made the presentation. And she said, indeed, everything that he said over a year ago is true. I was there. You all could see it. And he increased the lifespan. But first, he actually healed the radiation sickness which we have nothing for today. I didn't even think that was important. I thought getting him a longer life. So the message is this, that we've been relying so much on drugs, pharmaceuticals, exclusively, including in COVID, not a word about prevention, not a word about your diet, losing weight, because obesity is the number one cofactor, comorbidity factor, um, helping exercise, get better lung capacity, muscle capacity, build up your immune system naturally, which is easy to do. It's no secret how to do that. There are thousands of studies on it. Not once, not one time has the Surgeon General or Anthony Fauci or the other dancing clowns in our establishment, and they're all dancing clowns, told you you can prevent this or even early treatment. So you know there's a game afoot. You just don't know what it is. Now we do. So I just wanted to let you know that going clear back, I was able to show that you could influence the aging process with diet. And it was that diet that I proved there that I used on all the people I helped in all the clinical studies. It's just been adding to it ever since, any new information. That's why I say everything's a piece of a puzzle. You know, you bring this piece in this and you see what works. Sometimes it doesn't. So you have to change things instead of saying, ah, the Atkins diet, ah, the paleo diet, ah, the caveman diet, the drinking person's diet. The, no, these are all stupid. These are gimmicks. The no exercise, exercise program, it's stupid. Now, if you want to look around the world and see who's living the longest and healthiest life, it's always the happiest people. That flew right under the radar of everyone in science and medicine and the media. But I went around the world took me five years uh, on and off going on of these trips and finding out why were people living a longer life and healthier? Because they were happy. They had strong family bonds. They had a meaning of life. Diet was a part of it, but not, not a more perfect. Some smoked a lot, like in Italy and France, and uh, but they still live longer lives. Now, next up, an anti-inflammatory diet may your 
may be your best bet for cognitive health. I keep coming back to cognition because we are flooded in my office. And Luann is flooded with people saying, ah, my mom's got cognitive issues. My dad has cognitive issues. Uh, Someone's got Alzheimer's. What do we do? What do we do? And almost always it's the same that one group wants to see the changes. The person suffering doesn't want to make the changes. And suddenly everything's a hassle. And then you start to realize this is more than about giving protocol A or common unhealthy diet lifestyle B. You've got to be together. You've got to want to change and have a willing participant. You can't force people to change because the moment you're not doing something for them, they go right back or they resent you for it, which means that the energy is not connecting. It's not harmonizing. It's like two people, both graduated from Juilliard, both a first violinist, and but they're playing different uh, notes. doesn't matter what their background is. If you're not harmonizing, you're not going to have the outcome. So remember that. Harmonizing your energy, do something because it's good for you and you want to do it, not because, ah, you know, I'm going to have to resist this. I'm going to complain. I'm going to whine. I, I'm, not, I'm not a happy camper today. I'm not doing what I like to do. So, do you want the outcome? Remember, everything you do in life, you'll be rewarded for. It's just you won't like the reward. If a heart attack or bankruptcy, divorce or poverty, if that's your reward, then ask yourself, was there something or some things that you could have done differently, choices you could have made you didn't make, that were given you a different reward? A different outcome because everything is cumulative positive cumulative negative cumulative so anyhow one last thing I've been applying everything that I share with you with the anti-aging studies and we just had the latest study published in a peer-reviewed journal and uh, Dr. Klatz and Dr. Goldman and, and Bill Flynn and everyone who participated very happy about it but now I'm doing the protocols for the next one, and it's never been done before. What I won't go into it, but we're going to measure things that have never been measured in this kind of clinical trial um, at the level we're doing it. So I can actually tell someone, this is your chronological age, you're 58, 43, and this is your biological age. And it, for the average person, it's going to be older. You're 58, but you're 74. Or you're 75, but you're 53. So that's all I'll say. We're working on it. I'm working on it every day with some of the finest scientists. I'm creating the actual protocol. They're creating the scientific um, objective criteria necessary to prove, objectively prove, that this is real. So they're working with institutes and getting me permission to use different technologies that I don't have available to myself. And uh, some of these are hundred million dollar, billion dollar technologies. I don't, I can't, that's out of my pay league. But because of the success I've had in the last two years with four separate studies, I'm going to have a chance to use these. So I can't say more than that.
but I'll just say that some of the senior anti-aging scientists in the world, people who actually head foundations, they're all participating in saying that this happens because they're all excited to see. In fact, three of them want to be a part of the study, <laughs> want to come. And I don't even know how long the study is going to be yet. I'm working on it. I'll announce all this in January when everything is ready to go. So that's good news. Um, in any case, at the heart of everything I do is turning off inflammation. Because inflammation that is chronic almost always leads to physical debilitating conditions. Arthritis, heart disease, diabetes, cancers, dementia, Alzheimer's. So for the dementia and Alzheimer's group, turning off the inflammation is number one. I mean, it's the first thing you got to do. And it's not, it's not, well, I want to eat. No, you can't. If it causes inflammation, do you want your memory back and keep what you have? Or do you want to speed up the process and go into that dark place? You're not going to reverse. So that's why you got to be, you got to be disciplined. You have to be tough. You need, a, you need a nutritional sergeant major in your life each morning when you wake up who says, okay, this is what we're doing today. You can't just go through the slovenly way that most people live their lives without any regard for the consequences of their actions or lack of actions. And that's why this particular study from the uh, university in Greece, the Kabbadistirian, found that an anti-inflammatory diet was their best way of helping with cognitive health. So a new study shows that people who consumed an anti-inflammatory diet that includes m more fruits and vegetables and beans and pulses and legumes and tubers and starchy vegetables and green teas had a lower risk of developing dementia later in life. The study looked at 1,059 people in Greece with an average age of 73 who did not have dementia. And those who kept that protocol didn't get dementia. So it's not about a pill, and that's the danger. The pharmaceutical industry will say, no, 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 don't do that. And the New York Times, the lapdogs, they are, no, 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 don't do that. That's quackery. No, 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 no. If we don't approve of it, if it doesn't have our moniker on it, the New York Times, you know, um, then believe only in Anthony Fauci and the USDA. And no, no, I walk away from the New York Times. You once were credible, today you're the problem because you're a messenger. You're a propagandist for major interest. Shame on you. Nobody should read the New York Times today unless they want maybe basketball, baseball scores. Anything else? It's all propaganda 24-7. Huh? You had the power. So how many readers you got? Oh, and by the way, uh, Cuomo over at CNN. Is it true last week you only had 780,000 viewers in all of America watching you? Wow. That's a far cry. And yet, your competition had 6 million, 4 million, 3.2 million, 2.7 million. So all the people who've been lying to us are losing their audience. In any case, they're not the ones who are going to tell you about radically change your diet to a vegan, healthy, organic, plant-based diet and buy it locally and don't uh, get into uh, having it shipped across country, etc., etc. So just to let you know, eat a healthy diet, 
vegan diet and proper supplementation, I'm not going to get into that today, I don't have time, and help prevent cognition. Also from a, uh, the, a hospital in Paris comes a study about mind over matter, and it deals with long COVID um, people. A large-scale study suggests symptoms of so-called long COVID may be more due to psychological factors than to infection with the virus, and it sparked debate among patients and scientists. The report that appeared earlier this week in the Journal of the American Medical Association focused on nearly 27,000 participants across France who took antibody tests to screen for COVID infections. And so now they're finding that a lot of what people are feeling may not be actual results of the virus, but rather being in a state of disease, in a state of illness, a state of anxiety. Because of that, your body may be telling you, I'm not feeling all right, and the mind is then projecting, I still have the virus, when that may not be the case in all these situations. In any case, that's why you need to be with a physician, hopefully one that appreciates prevention and more holistic and natural modalities, or naturopath, that would be excellent, they're far better, and see if what you're feeling is based upon viral load still there, diminished, stronger antibodies, or not having your immune system built back up. Because even if you're treated with the current best therapies, it won't rebuild your immune system. That's a separate protocol, and we really have to get into that. And finally, there's um, strong links between certain food groups, memory loss, and comorbid heart disease or diabetes, University of Technology in Sydney. So the researchers looked at 139,000 older Australians and found high consumption of fruits and vegetables was linked to lower odds of memory loss and its comorbid heart disease. However, higher consumption of protein-rich foods was associated with better memory. Now there's your nuts and seeds and legumes and soy. All right? So... The doctors there found that the link between the food groups and memory status can vary, but at the older you are, the more you have to pay attention to having more of the whole grains, nuts, and seeds in your diet. This was published in the International Journal of Public Health. So that's what it is. Now, we're going to take a break. Um, I do want you to mention that there's a new study out of South Korea from the Pukong University showing herba, Y-E-R-B-A, mate, M-A-T-E, enhances cellular energy and metabolism. A lot of you in the health movement already knew that. That's why you use herba mate tea. But for those who haven't used the tea, it really helps with your blood sugar, with insulin maintenance. It's rich in polyphenols, high in antioxidants, and that's good for your good HDL cholesterol. Um, but before we go there, I just want to challenge the orthodoxy with one new set of facts, and we're only using facts, not projections or conjecture or ideology. This is the latest. 89%, I repeat, 89% of COVID deaths in the past four weeks were among the fully vaccinated 
according to the latest public health data. The latest official public health data shows that the fully vaccinated accounted for 89% of COVID deaths in the past four weeks, whilst also accounting for 77% of hospitalizations and 65% of the alleged uh, COVID cases from October 9th through November 5th. The COVID-19 statistical report is a weekly report on COVID-19 published by the Public Health Squad, Scotland, and the latest update published November 10th confirms that things are getting worse for the fully vaccinated population by the month, whilst things improve for the not vaccinated population. Their tables, their charts, we've posted them. These are official. So why is it that we're told just the opposite, just the opposite? We're not being told that natural immunity from being infected and recovering is important. And there's no studies that show that vaccinating you on top of natural immunity will help you. Actually, there's great concern it could harm you. Just want to share that. Just one piece of the puzzle that everything they've been telling us is not true and should be challenged, but it's not. And also, research shows that in COVID-19 cases, they're completely unrelated to vaccine, vaccination in 68 countries worldwide and 2,947 counties in the United States. Now, mind you, the data from the U.S. counties showed similar trends with new COVID cases per 100,000 people being largely similar regardless of the vaccination rate. Of the five U.S. counties with the highest vaccination rates, ranging from 84.3% to 99.9% fully vaccinated, four are on the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention's high transmission. What? You got 99.9% of the people fully vaccinated, both vaccines, and they're at the top of the list to infect other people? while 26.3% of the 57 counties um, with transmission and vaccine rates under 20%. And countries such as Iceland and Portugal, both of which have more than 75% of the population fully vaccinated, have more COVID cases per 1 million people than Vietnam and South Africa, where only 10% or so of their populations are fully vaccinated. The CDC's own data shows Rates of hospitalization for severe illness among the fully vaccinated went from 0.01% in January 2021 to 9% in May 2021. The death rates went from 0 to 15.1% if the vaccines uh, actually worked. These rates should have remained near 0. Isn't that what we were told? Get the vaccine. Don't be a threat to others. You're not going to get it and you're not going to spread it. Both are lies. Now we're saying all these individuals who have received all of these doses as of October 28th, 6.94 billion doses of COVID vaccines have been administered, uh, equating to 49% of the world population having received at least one dose. And yet, why is it in Vermont we're having this huge spike in, uh, in COVID? And why is it that no major media is talking about the fact that non-COVID patients receive the vaccine and immediately get COVID? Why isn't that a concern? 
Isn't that what you're trying to prevent? And the vaccine doesn't give you full prevention. It wanes, the antibodies wane, within two to six months. So then you've got to get these boosters. And one booster is after another booster is like getting four or five of these vaccines. At what point do you simply overwhelm the body's immune system? So I'm just giving the exact official figures to show you that this is information you will not hear anywhere else in the mainstream media. And I'm only using their figures, their studies. You can see all these. I put all my background footnotes and scholarship on PRN.fm. Just scroll down to where you see the uh, notes and you can read them for yourself. So we're seeing things. And why is it that those who get early treatment with uh, FDA-approved off-drug, off-label use drugs um, and natural supplements together, why is it those patients that a huge, huge number, 85% and higher, are not then going to the hospital, not containing um, any of the wards there with sick bodies and said they're staying home and getting well and going back to life? Why isn't that being reported? To the contrary, those people are being attacked and, and uh, challenged. So anyhow, I just want to share that with you. So now we're going to take a break. And once we come back from the break, we're going to go directly into a clip. And uh, this clip is about, well, let me just set it up for you. Then we'll go into the clip. This is from Massachusetts General Hospital, highly respected institution. Quote, scientists identify second HIV patient whose body appears to have rid itself of the virus. Appears. Well, that's not an absolute scientific statement. That's just subjective. I want hot objective data. Anyhow, here's what it says. Quote, during infection, HIV places copies of its genome into the DNA of cells, creating what is known as a viral reservoir. In this state, the virus effectively hides from the anti-HIV drugs in the body's immune response. In most people, new viral particles are constantly made from this reservoir. Anti-retroviral uh, therapy, uh, ARC, can prevent the new viruses from being made, but cannot eliminate the reservoir, necessitating daily treatments to suppress the virus. Some people, known as elite controllers, have immune systems that are able to suppress HIV without the need for medication, though they still have, they still have viral reservoirs that can produce more HIV virus. Type of human immune cell called a killer uh, T cell helps this uh, virus suppress without the need for medication. And then they found another person working at, at uh, a Harvard, the Rangoon Institute uh, at MIT and Harvard, has been studying the HIV reservoir of elite controllers. Okay, they found a patient, one patient. All right, that's news, headlines, a big-time big article in the peer-reviewed literature. Good. Except it's not true. Now, what they say is true, that they found someone uh, who is able uh, to not take medications and seems to have, seems not proven, uh, subjective, uh, no longer had the virus. Good. Good for the patient, good for them finding it. But how about this? From 1974 to 1984, 10 years, I work with over 740 persons, all gay men, working with one of New York's leading gay physicians, Dr. Stephen Caeza who appeared on my radio program and talked about this, and he found that he couldn't help um, some of the patients, most of them, these that he sent me, 
and through holistic protocols that I would later use for full-blown diagnosed AIDS, because it wasn't diagnosis AIDS then, I was able to return all those 740 people to good health. But then when AIDS was finally identified in 1984 at a French restaurant by Mar um, Margaret Heckler, um, what was her name, Heckler, with Robert Gallo, and the alleged cause, supposed cause, it wasn't the definite cause, they said, but the media immediately the next day said, you know, now we know what causes AIDS and we'll get a drug. And they did. And Anthony Fauci supported that drug and nothing else. And yet at that time, I began to see people who were diagnosed with HIV after the antibody test came out. And uh, some were asymptomatic, but those who had had, let's say, challenges to their immune system, they were very sick. And they were they were all being told this is a fatal disease. Once you're HIV positive, you're going to die. It's just how long. And so once AZD came out, they began to die in huge numbers, including those who had no symptoms at all. But once they started taking 16 to 1800 milligrams of AZT a day, a drug so toxic, when it was developed at the National Cancer Institute, they refused to use it, even on terminal cancer patients. And yet here's a drug that a person is supposed to take for the rest of their life. So it was inevitable that you would die of the AZT. It would be inevitable you will absolutely die of chemotherapy if you take chemotherapy every day of your life, not just for where it may be beneficial for a short period of time. In any case, there were different camps. The camp that says, let's try to help the body's immune system, and the camp that said, let's take the drug, and this is the drug. And suddenly within that camp, there were factions that said, will support this. We'll make posters saying, put time on your side, take AZT. I was invited to debate uh, with five uh, medical doctors down at New York University Medical uh, School, and I was the only one challenging AZT, and I gave all the scientific references for it. But everybody wanted the drug, so they got the drug. Here's what nobody was willing to acknowledge. During a period of 15 years, including the first 16 months, I was able to reverse HIV infection and bring a person back to total health with no viral reservoir, no HIV anywhere in their body, and they remained healthy. Not a single person died out of 1,200 people. They were all treated for free, by the way. <clears throat> and I had to thank the medical staff for volunteering to work with them. I paid for all their, their vitamin C and all their I pay for the doctors and the nurses to do this, but they lived, not one died. And uh, the ones that wanted to go on an advanced protocol instead of coming in once a week, once every two weeks to get a two-hour treatment, these people were coming six days a week for four hours, 16 months when we had the first reversal. Then we had 18 reversals. And then I did it at the Institute of Applied Biology, and uh, they also had 10 reversals. And we did everything humanly possible to let the AIDS community, the medical community, and the scientific community, and the media know that this was going on. Not a word. You talk about having special interest groups against you and block out the major media, they did so. Except for courageous African-American journalists and celebrities within the community who came forward, Arthur Ashe and Cicely Tyson and... Uh, my friend Stokely Carmichael and Dick Gregory and, 
and Isaac Hayes, etc. A whole long list would come in and give support. And uh, I was supplying all the food to the um, uh, to the Rutgers, uh, the Regency um, room every day at church across the street at 84th and Broadway, where the people who were HIV infected would come and have a free meal. And it was all all the organic produce and. It was a it was a great time, and then people from Broadway would come up and perform for those people for free. It was just wonderful to see people have uh, not be abandoned, not be looked at as pariahs. And uh, Dr. Albert Ellis sent over Donald Mullen, Dr. Mullen, and every single person was receiving humanistic, uh, very spiritual psychological counseling, so they didn't live with the fear of dying. Dr. Amara Gadal did all the, her dentist office was there, did all the oral exams to try to get rid of any local focal infections in the mouth that would help the overall immune system. We had Dr. Howard Robbins, Dr. Mark Tannenbaum, uh, Dr. Steinberg. We had all these medical doctors. We had 22 medical staff. Not a word. For that, Wikipedia says I'm an ace denier. Walk away from Wikipedia. Don't trust anything it says on health issues or a lot of other issues. Now, we're going to come back. I just gave you the setup for it. So one thing makes headlines today, and think of the millions of people whose lives could have been saved if it weren't for those people who worked with Burroughs Welcome and the media to suppress this information. They got on the protocols, they followed the protocols with all natural approaches, not one chemical, not one drug. And I watch all of them completely reverse. Mainstream scientific community, they were not agreeable with these natural approaches that we, we showed them. We were getting people in who were as close to death as you could possibly imagine. They had, all of them tried, all the, all the pharmaceuticals, all the antivirals, and, and had failed. Uh, they were getting sicker and sicker. Many of them were near death. Had I not seen the lab results with my own eyes, I probably would not have believed that something like this was possible. At the Tri-State Healing Center for many, many years, we were able to treat along with board-certified physicians, nurses, and registered dietitians um, uh, many, many different medical problems, including over a thousand AIDS-related patients with various symptoms. What I will share has been fully documented and verified by multiple sources. It is the truth. For many years, I was part of a medical team at the Tri-State Healing Center on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. We were working with over 1,200 people who were diagnosed with full-blown AIDS. All of the services we provided to these patients was free of charge. When they arrived at the center, most of these individuals had serious adverse health conditions, typical of AIDS symptoms. When we first began with these AIDS patients in this comprehensive program, we would have weekly meetings with the entire group headed by Dr. Null, and we reviewed all the cases. Uh, we did regular blood workups on the patients, monitoring their T-cell counts, their CD counts, as well as their uh, viral load from uh, the HIV virus. We saw all the viral loads come down, the T-cell counts returned to normal, 
And eventually, we had our first breakthrough after 16 months with our first zero conversion from HIV positive to HIV negative. Instead, Dr. Garinal created drug-free treatment protocols. Our medical staff also offered a limited number of eight patients to follow a more advanced protocol. This required them to come to the clinic five days a week for approximately 16 months. And following that time, we had seven more patients uh, who seroconverted. And none of these patients were well when they first came in, so we just we did it the easy way. Uh, they were all very sick with various symptoms, AIDS-related symptoms. We decided that we would open the doors and allow physicians of all types to come in and see the work that we were doing and observe the benefits that all these patients were receiving during the course of this protocol and the time we were doing this. What was kind of surprising is how few virtually ever took us up on the offer and came in to observe. I saw no less than eight people completely reverse AIDS. These people, according to the records, had seroconverted, had no traces of AIDS or no traces of the HIV virus in their system. We had a lot of, lot of patients. They, we had good results, very good results. In fact, there were some patients that they were absolutely convert from positive to negative. One man from California who came in had watched all the people in his support group, which was quite a large number, uh, pass away. Um, on all these antivirals, more people come into the group and pass away. He came in near death's door also and was, we saved his life. Every one of these eight patients remarkably reversed their HIV positive diagnosis to HIV negative. In other words, they zero converted. At the beginning of the treatment, these patients gave the center permission to share the results of their blood tests their viral load analysis, and disease status with outside physicians and journalists. For me, on a personal and very professional level, I could not fathom why our federal health authorities, medical doctors such as Anthony Fauci and Robert Gallo, were unwilling to show any interest in what we had achieved. Over the course of time, uh, working collaboratively with Dr. Null, uh, we modified our programs uh, and the therapies they were getting to the individual's needs because not everybody is the exact same. Uh, they all did a lot of the same things like healthy organic juices all day long. We had a communal room where they would get their therapies that was more like living in a beautiful tropical rainforest kind of setting. We had psychologists coming in, working with each and every patient to go over their progress and to keep them on track. I'm talking about a holistic dentist, a, a physicians, podiatrists. We had a colon hydrotherapists. We had nutritionists. It was truly the most multidisciplinary, natural approach group that I had ever worked with in my entire life. We had some of the, the, great, the greatest and best minds in, in natural medicine and uh, come in and offer help and support to all these different people. They were all put on various supplemental therapies 
Not everybody got the exact same supplements. It was based on their body and their needs. And these were adjusted to the individual by our, um, our, our nutritionist with consultation, um, like uh, Dolores Perry, who was just amazing at medical nutrition. With Gary, what he did was uh, change the person's diet completely, which was what I did. We, uh, st they stopped eating as much as uh, the garbage that they were eating, the sugars and a lot of other things, anything that would lower their immune system. We put them on green juicing, we put them on supplements, and they, w they did remarkably well for those who did, who followed. Not everybody would follow. Let's face it, no, not everybody is going to follow a protocol. But there are those people who did follow the protocol, and there were a few of them that really were fantastic. They were put on many, many different things. And there are a few people that serum converted. But I can't say that everybody did because you're not going to do it because it's too much of a change. Even because they can't equate um, a diet because they've been eating it all their life with sickness. It's an impossibility. It's an impossibility. So that they figure, oh, I've been eating all my life. This is not going to, this is not going to change. But it, it's lifestyle. It's everything that's connect, connected with it. And once you make that change, it was remarkable. They became healthy human beings from being at death's door because they came to the Tri-State Healing Center and they worked with this amazing group of practitioners. They got intravenous vitamin C in very high doses, as much as 200,000 milligram vitamin C drips, along with intravenous ozone therapy, which I was involved in. Intravenous with what we call major autohemotherapy, where we take out blood, ozonate it, and put it back in, and then eventually direct intravenous ozone therapy, where we would push the oxygen and ozone gas directly in. All these things were done safely as well as effectively. We made sure nobody suffered in any way, and in fact, it was just the opposite. Everybody, slowly but surely, got well. We watched their lab results so carefully. Every single week, we tested them. Why? Because Dr. Knoll told us we cannot use anecdotal information. We need to have hard facts. The word got out to the medical community. And we started to get, on occasion, doctors from around the, the United States coming in to see the work that we were doing, such as Dr. Linus Pauling. We had a physician, a very famous physician from the West Coast, Dr. Cathcart, who was intrigued with what Gary was doing. And for two weeks straight, he came every morning at 9 o'clock, and he left at midnight when I closed the center. And he took all of the protocols back to the West Coast, he reported back to Dr. Null that his patients no longer were dying from any of the pneumocystic carini or Kaposi sarcoma. He said for the first time in his entire career, he saw these patients healing. And he was using high-dose intravenous vitamin C, biooxidative therapy, and most importantly, the lifestyle changes, giving people responsibility for their health and encouraging them and educating them on what it takes to really boost up and heal your immune system. I work for 50 years as a research scientist at the Institute of Applied Biology for cancer research, for immunology, and for degenerative diseases, including alcohol, drug addiction, etc. For 33 years, uh, Dr. Garinol was working in the laboratory 
in the research capacity with uh, the group of researchers that they, we had at the time. His work was uh, in mainly in anti-aging medicine. He conducted more than 130 uh, experiments at the time. Dr. Noll present his uh, case uh, that he was treating at the time at his uh, healing center. And uh, with, they were absolutely good results, especially in immune response of the patients. After doing all the tests that was at the time prevalent, he was uh, discussing a lot with the doctors at the institute his approach of treating this uh, disease. We set up a whole program at the Institute of Applied Biology where we apply Dr. Garinol's approach of treatment. After four years of treating those patients with repeated blood analysis and everything else, we saw that 10 of those patients that he was working with, they, they were no more uh, seropositive. They were completely in remission and then we continued testing them and they were completely cured. They did ozone, they did vitamin C drips. We cleansed their system as much as possible. We did stress reduction. They were completely in remission and then we continued testing them and they were completely cured. They were all very sick with AIDS-related symptoms. Their health improved week after week until we finally seroconverted them. We saw all the viral loads come down, the T-cell counts returned to normal. My husband went from a, uh, uh, ha having like no T-cells to, uh, to a very positive test. This is a test from Roach at Biomedical Laboratories, which is Division of Hoffman Roach. This, this is an official blood chemistry test. Their physician, using a holistic protocol, and this is a regular orthodox doctor, in a year, they, they, this person went from HIV positive active virus to P24 antigen test negative. Yeah, now, after so. you uh, got with Dr. Uh, no, uh and you then got involved in his program using his protocol? Yes. Now, what, what happened to you health-wise after you got involved in his program? Well, right after I started doing his protocol, my lymph nodes went down. Now they're completely normal. They're down, I don't feel anything. I had them like for years. How long have they been down? Uh, four years. Nodes? Four years? Four years, yeah. They, and how long did it take after you started the, the program with Dr. No before they went down? It took me about a good six to eight months mm -hmm. since they started. I started like detoxifying my, my, my system and uh, I just uh, improved, my health improved. I started, I gained weight, for one, and uh, I feel great right now. Now, these are medical records you brought with you today. That's right. You have 12 copies of my medical records there. What do these medical records Well, one prove? is a PCR test. PCR test indicates the viral low level, uh, HIV viral low level. Uh, it's negative. What and does that mean? That means that there is no HIV virus in my system. They continue to pour billions of dollars into toxic orthodoxy approaches. And they're preventing other people from healing as a healthcare worker. 
I think this is a crime against humanity. You can watch the entire documentary with all the evidence, and this is not subjective evidence. You're hearing the patients who were at the end of their life. They were at death's door when they came, and they had their diseases reversed. And we followed those people for years. They stayed healthy. Yet that doesn't make any news. Even if the skeptics want to come, I'll never forget, Bill Tatum invited me to a lecture. I didn't know what it was about. I said, fine, Bill. Uh, Bill Tatum was the publisher of the Amsterdam News, the, uh, the top African-American publication in New York. And uh, he came there all the time. I mean, he interviewed people nonstop. And so one day I took a cab up, the day I'm supposed to be there, I've done thousands of lectures. It's just another lecture. Little did I know, it was at the Apollo Theater, packed, so packed that they couldn't all get in. So he kept it going for three straight days, and then it was packed every single day with people from the African-American community. But what was really interesting is on the first day, and he had organized this. I didn't know this. I thought it was just going to go in, be introduced, and go up and talk. And... Uh, I don't know how many people the theater held. I'm guessing around, looked like the Beacon Theater, around 1,300 more or less. But there were people in the steps and the side, the, the whole backstage, the shoes stage all filled with people sitting. And instead, um, there was an introduction of the physicians using my protocols. And at least 10 from around Harlem and Brooklyn, they got up and they said how their patients were doing great on these protocols. You would have thought that filling the Apollo Theater without an entertainment and without politics, just to share health information, that would be newsworthy, right? Not a word in the media. Not a word. So they kept this they they kept the door closed on all this. So Remember, there's a lot of people in the world now. You think that, that information would be good today? The protocols have only been improved. I don't get a call. I still work with people with AIDS, but I don't get a call from anyone out there because, oh, look at Wikipedia. That's how bad it is. And now we're wrapping up our program, and you can watch The Cost of Denial by going to PRNall.com uh, or PRN.FM. All right, watch the whole award-winning documentary, which, by the way, isn't it interesting? It's the number one winning documentary in the world in 2021. Now, in 2020, it was Last Call for Tomorrow, my other documentary on the environment. That's this year, and uh, it's uh, narrated by um, one of the finest investigative journalists in the world, Celia Farber. And so watch it. It's eye-opening, and share it with everyone. And this coming Sunday, 1 o'clock, going to have a live Zoom lecture on overcoming loneliness, depression, anxiety, fear, insecurity, and uncertainties. Just go to GaryNall.com. Thank you all for watching and listening, and have a nice day.